Axiologic being about 300 employees is small enough to where part of my plan with talent acquisition is to be able to build out a progression for employees, be able to build out a this is where you go from here concept. One of our HR uh, administrators right now, she is reaching out to all the employees within the organization at different stages in their career progression and saying, hey, how's it going? How's your role? How's your manager? What can we do better? What are we doing well? Welcome to Security Cleared Jobs. Who's hiring and how? The podcast for cleared professionals looking for new opportunities and career advice. We go behind the scenes with recruiters and hiring managers from leading cleared employers to uncover the information you need to make a smart career move. Get ready for insights from this week's guest and your hosts, Kathleen Smith and Rachel Bozeman. Well, hello, everyone. It's Rachel, and we are super excited that you are here with us today. Joining me today, I am super excited to tell you we have a guest host, Ms. Courtney Schwarten with ClearJobs.net. She is the outreach manager. And if you've ever been to a ClearJobs.net fair, you've seen her because she runs them. And she also is responsible for helping instruct many of the military transition classes and just all around super fun gal. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you so much, Rachel. It is really fantastic to be here today. I'm incredibly excited. Well, keep the excitement going because in addition to having Courtney here, we have the one, the only, Mike Giovanti. He is the Talent Acquisition and Retention Director at Axiologic Solutions. Welcome, Gio. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Courtney. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We are very, very, very glad you're here today. And I got a first question for you. Yeah. So... Would you please tell us a little bit, how did a degree in music theory and composition lead you to axiologic solutions? Because that sounds like a very interesting, forgive the music pun, progression. (laughs) That's a great pun. Yeah, so came out of school, I think like most folks um, of kind of my generation and, and age group, you go to college to get a degree and you're expected to know what you want to do for the rest of your life. I was not one of those people. I had no clue. Got into an opportunity in sales. So I did a lot of face-to-face marketing, face-to-face sales. Um, never really felt comfortable with it. It wasn't a win-win all the time. And that kind of bothered me. So I had a buddy who worked in staffing, got in there. And the goal was to get back into sales because that's what I knew. I didn't know recruiting, didn't know what that was. I knew they had to hire people, but I didn't know how. Um, and kind of within the first couple weeks, kind of fell in love with the idea of creating a win-win because you can't, find a candidate to take your job unless the job fits the candidate. So there was never a chance that you could just get somebody in there who was like, well, this is a good sale, but it's not the best for the customer. It legitimately had to work out on both ends. So that's kind of what led me into recruiting. Um, have been doing that for about the past 12 years. And then from there, uh, got into a little bit of employee engagement um, with my last organization, where I had the opportunity to speak with employees uh, and get a feel for what they had going on, why they liked it, what we could do better as an organization, and why that mattered. And so now at Axiologic, I am, as you mentioned, not only talent acquisition, but retention director. So 
I kind of get to do both pieces. I get to find and identify the talent that's going to help our organization and our customer. And then I get to figure out how we make sure that that talent stays for the long term to create lack of attrition and kind of drive those attrition numbers down to create just growth for not only the organization, but for the candidate. So that's kind of in a small little nutshell there, how I got into recruiting and then what led me down this path. I love it. I love hearing the stories of how, I don't think anybody that's in talent acquisition or recruiting ever started out with the goal of being in talent acquisition or recruiting. It's just kind of one of those weird, amazing journeys where you start here and then all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're like, I love recruiting. So I'm right there with you. It's it's a fun little journey. But you mentioned something really interesting and I love it, um, that you also have retention in your title. That's not something you always mm-hmm. see, you know, paired with talent acquisition. So tell us a little bit about you know, how this focus on retention came about? Why, how did those get married together? Yeah, the last role that I had, we crushed. So um, year over year, we ended up hiring more and more employees, more and more candidates were coming through the door, we were growing the organization, we were doing all of these things. And yet it always felt like we were just bailing the ship. We were just, we were taking on water, we couldn't get the water out of the bottom of the boat, we just kept trying to hire more and more people. For me, I, I when I see a problem, I can't just let it continue. Like even to just put a Band-Aid on it for me kind of drives me nuts. Like, yes, let's Band-Aid it for now, but we've got to find a solution. We've got to find a way to fix this. Um, and so for me, I kind of looked at it as, well, why are people leaving? And how do I hire somebody, my candidates that are coming in the door to become employees? How do I prepare them for the reasons that they may be looking to leave down the road. Are they leaving for more money? Are they leaving for more opportunity? Can we as an organization do better about listening to the employees to find out why they're leaving? So from it, it, it became a, this person's been here six months and they're already walking out the door. And I'm like, wait, what the quality of hire was not good there then. Or sometimes it's not quality of hire. Sometimes it's quality of opportunity, right? Because the candidate employee at that point may be stellar and they're bored in their job because we brought them in because they fit the box and we put them in the box and then they went, no, I'm a little bigger than this box needs to be. Um, And so that kind of concept and idea sparked my interest into the engagement side of the house um, and and making sure employees are happy. Uh, Axiologic being about 300 employees is small enough to where Part of my plan with talent acquisition is to be able to build out a progression for employees, be able to build out a this is where you go from here concept. And part of the retention piece that I'm incorporating and my recruiters are actually pretty excited about, um, which I'm building out currently, is we've got a program where uh, an employee at Axio, one of our one of our HR uh, administrators right now, she is reaching out to all the employees within the organization at different stages in their career progression and saying, hey, how's it going? How's your role? How's your manager? What can we do better? What are we doing well? So we're going to kind of shift that a little bit. And I'm going to have my recruiters kind of going down that rabbit hole with the people that they bring in. The cool part about what I see with that is it will allow for the relationship to continue past the offer stage. Because as we know in recruiting, you get the offer, you may reach out again in like three or six months, be like, hey, do you have any referrals? We really need somebody just like you. And they're like, 
you haven't talked to me in six months. What are you like? Maybe, but come on. So having the recruiters as that focus of being able to reach back out to the employee that they brought in builds the relationship there for the referrals. So a little bit of, you know, how, how can, as an organization, we tap into that better. But then the goal, right, is for those employees to become leaders within the organization. So three years down the road, maybe they're a hiring manager. Maybe they have a team of two or three people on their team. Well, if the recruiter's been in contact with them the whole time, our recruiters are kind of specified toward separate programs. So the odds are if that recruiter hired them, that recruiter is going to be the person who is going to be hiring for them down the road. Think about the level of trust that just got created in that. The the ability for that what was candidate to become an employee and then the trust that that recruiter now has with that person. So when they bring them a resume, hey, this may not be 100% fit, but here's why I think it's good. This is why you should have the conversation. These are the questions that I think you should ask from a recruiting side. The the manager at that point is going to be like, cool. You know, I trust your process. I know what your process looks like. And so it, retention just becomes, in my mind, and, and the blueprint that I have drawn out in my head, that just becomes easy, right? Um, so that's that's kind of how I look at not only the talent acquisition and the recruiting piece, but it's got to be focused on retention because we got to be able to build longevity within employees within the organization. Wow, what a fantastic blueprint. <laughs> I love, I, seriously, I love this big picture view that you're taking of the whole organization, but uh, specifically, right? So you've got the big picture blueprint, but now narrowing that down and specifically looking at the jobs that you're really looking to hire now, because that also is important. What are some of the main cleared skill sets that you're hiring for? And where are those cleared positions mainly located? Yeah. So I think it's it's pretty common, the DC metro area, right? That's what everybody says, because we, we only get so much information from our customers on what we're allowed to publicize on locations and things along those lines. But um, as far as specific locations, one of our programs uh, that we prime is based out of Springfield, uh, Virginia. So, so down in that area, one of our other programs actually has, it's, I, I love the concept of this. They have three different locations. They've got a location in DC, a location in Reston, and a location at Riverdale Park, Maryland. And the employee gets to kind of pick. Like some of them are specified to individual locations, but if you live in Maryland, you don't want to commute to DC, take the job, you can work in Maryland and do it. So since their facilities are all connected, the person can kind of sit wherever. Um, and then we've got some programs, somewhere we're prime, somewhere we're subs around like Chantilly, um, McLean, kind of in that general area as well. So mostly in the DC metro. Um, our biggest need right now, we've got a, uh, a few positions open that are financial system support, um, which was kind of a new one for me. I've done a lot of IT recruiting. I've done a lot of cleared recruiting, um, and I have never really messed around with financial systems. So I am uh, getting to learn all about the different technologies that go into that this, uh, this over the past couple months, which has been fun. And then kind of just your normal, I would say normal government contracting positions, software engineers, scrum masters, um, Splunk is a big one right now with the cyber world and, and where we are with all of that. And then kind of one of our more nuanced positions, and I think something that kind of more directly relates to like transitioning military folks and maybe people who have some of that background is we have some acquisition specialist positions. So acquisition management, acquisition specialist, which is kind of like that next level up from our logistics personnel. 
Just when you thought it was safe to go in the water, here comes the financial systems, right? Good times. Yeah, they are good, for sure. Well, you know, and you kind of highlighted some of the different opportunities and the different career paths, but a lot of those positions do require polygraphs. And so something that might be of particular interest to a lot of our listeners is that on some of your, the prime contract, that you can get those CI poly for folks who have the TSCI. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Part of us working with our customers is we we provide a lot of kind of more out-of-the-box type solutions. Um, you know, the government's been around a little while at this point, and they're kind of set in their ways in a lot of things. So our, um, our program management team has done a really good job of saying, like, hey, listen, it would be really nice if this could happen. Um, or if, you know, we would have more candidates coming in the door if we expanded in this manner. Um, and one of the leeways that they've kind of given us is the ability to bring somebody in who's TSSCI cleared. Um, and then before they actually can get into the building, obviously they, they need that CI poly, but we can actually schedule those polys with the polygraphers at the customer sites. Um, so they're able to go in, they're able to sit for their poly. And so it adds a little bit on the front end. So you accept an offer, you know, maybe two to three weeks before we can actually get that poly scheduled. Sometimes, you know, they get booked or, you know, other things happen. Um, so it can add a little bit to that, um, uh, you know, kind of putting in your notice timeframe. Um, but we're willing to take that take that kind of setback because we know that getting somebody who hasn't had their poly in the door with it is is just beneficial to everybody. It brings in kind of a different mindset from the the employee coming in the door because maybe they haven't been in that space before, obviously. So they're going to have a different set of ideas, not necessarily be stuck in the same, well, this is this agency and they do it this way. And I know that already. So it gives them the ability to kind of do that. But yeah, it's actually a great opportunity for us to bring in new talent, bring in talent who hasn't necessarily been those spaces before. So it's it's a, a big benefit to to us and to the candidates coming in the door. That's an incredibly huge benefit, and that is just not common. Uh, as those who are looking often know, it's not very common to have that as your pathway to get that polygraph. So neat opportunity. Um, now, with most of the positions requiring polygraphs, this is the question. This is the question where all of the uh, job seekers are crossing their fingers on this one. <laughs> Do you have any cleared openings that allow for remote or hybrid work? Unfortunately, we do not, um, just based on our customer space. Um, I, I shouldn't say we don't. For the vast majority, every now and then we get a one-off, but it's like the 1% positions. They are very few and far between. Um, it is, as, as I said in the, in the previous question, you know, we, we bring these ideas to our customers and talk them through the solutions that can happen with it. Um, so we are talking through some possibilities of maybe facilities outside of their facility um, that maybe we could build out or different things that we can do from that aspect to get a an area where they could work that might not be going into D.C. every day. Um, so we are trying to solution that for them. Um, they're listening, or they're hearing us, I should say, as far as listening, right? That's keep talking to my kids about that. It's like, are you listening or are you hearing me? Is, you know, are they really going to allow that flexibility? Is that something that they're really going to see? I just industry-wide, I can't see how they're going to keep it away forever, right? Like, I think we all understand that the amount of people that we have versus the amount of positions that we have, they're going to have to find a way to create some sort of flexibility at some stage. Unfortunately, right now, we're just, we're, we're, we're yelling it, but we're not quite getting the result that we're hoping for at this moment. 
it's either that or we start cloning. I, I don't know. I think we're kind of running oh, yeah. out of options there. So, I mean, you know, it worked for Dolly the sheep, right? I'm kind of aging myself that I know who Dolly <laughs> is, but that's okay. Well, that's okay. You're in good company. Bob. You're in good company because we all know, at least I know who that is as well. Good, good. Well, awesome. I love it. Poor Dolly. And so what we would really like to understand and, and talk about a little bit more is who would really thrive? Like what type of employee would just do amazingly well um, at the company? And and what about the company culture would really be appealing to folks? Absolutely. So we, we kind of pride ourselves here at Axio on kind of being forward thinking um, and creating solutions to problems that maybe haven't been thought of before. Um, so we use like the science and the analytics that we have to, to create solutions in kind of like an agnostic way. So it's just not the normal thought process that you have going into the problem. Our customers are allowing us to solve the problems that are set out for us and not saying you have to solve it this way. You have to use this tool. So our customers trust what we're doing. So that allows for us to hire people that are willing to come in and maybe take a little bit of a risk or say, hey, this is something that could solution that. This is a, this is a problem that I see with what we've got going on. This is a tool that I've used in the past, and this is how it fixed this, that, that issue. Um, so from a who are we looking for, we're really looking for people who kind of think bigger than just what the question is. So the question is important. Finding that solution is important. But it's not always just a straight line from that. So being able to kind of take a step back, think about it, understand what's really happening, and is the question that they're asking really the problem, or is that the result of a bigger problem down the road? So really kind of kind of looking at it that way. Um, and then that just kind of rolls into our our company culture, which is is kind of cool from a from an aspect. And if you take a look at our like the culture page on our website. Axiologic employees wrote the value plan for what our organization is and what we're trying to do. So it wasn't like, hey, bring in an outside firm to have them create what our culture should be and things along those lines. So the coolest part about that to me is our culture is adapting based on the people that we're bringing in how people succeed in the organization, how they act in the organization, how they are kind of balancing the work, the life, the, all of the other things is kind of being dictated by our people, which creates a lot of freedom and flexibility within that from a, you know, how do I get from point A to point B? Again, kind of going back, it's not really a straight line all the time. And, and knowing that is, is what we kind of pride ourselves on. That is such a nice approach to building out culture to do that, where you're really adapting it based on the people coming in. And I know that you all do have transitioning military folks as part of that group of the folks coming in to work at Axiologic Solutions. And I would be remiss if we didn't ask for that transitioning military audience, do you offer skill bridge opportunities? So as far as the skill bridge opportunities that we have and what we're doing, uh, we currently are building out that program and really uh, defining what it's going to look like for our organization. Um, we are currently working with the Hiring Our Heroes team. Um, we've hired a few here, uh, a few their, their fellows as they come in and they kind of do an internship. And with the internship, we've created overhead positions so that we have them as part of our organization as we're identifying or as we are waiting for them to transition out. 
so that when they do transition out, our goal is to put them on a billable program, have them in our customer spaces, helping us complete the mission um, and kind of continuing their mission too, right? Because they've been a part of a mission for a long time. So kind of creating that secondary mission for them. Yeah. So we're in, we're in the process of doing that. Um, and I'm really working on defining um, specific overhead positions that we can kind of constantly have open as we bring folks through that skill bridge program and then kind of work them into and incorporate them into some of our prime work and even some of our sub work as those positions allow. Awesome. And I know you mentioned, you know, that Axio is forward thinking and really progressive in the way they handle many things, but so are you. We've heard the rumors that you have been a proponent of the virtual interview before the virtual interview was cool. I think, you know, I know Geo might be a nickname, but so might Zoom, right? Like you were there before it was cool. So you're no G. You know all about the virtual interview. Are there any tips or tricks or things that you could, you know, share with our listeners to help bring them into the goodness of how do you win at the virtual interview? So from a company perspective, one of the big things that I've found and I bet we've actually been able to execute here is one of our customer spaces doesn't allow for uh, Teams. So our entire organization on the corporate side uses Microsoft Teams as their tool. We use it for our interviews. We use it for our conversations um, and most of our meetings. But at one of the customer sites, that's not a possibility. So I reached out. I was like, hey, what do you guys use? how many extra seats can we buy a seat are we able to do those kind of things and they use webex so we actually got my one of my recruiters who's responsible for that program a webex license that is compatible with their system so now instead of hey here's the candidate's resume and here's the phone number hope everything works out and us not really knowing right because that's always the scary part as recruiters just <laughs> call them at two we hope that you actually do that um, we can provide the WebEx login so that we can be part of that interview process if we need to. We can tag along as recruiters to learn what questions are they asking, how does this float with their background, things along those lines. So from a company perspective, that's number one. From a potential candidate perspective, and this is this is something that I kind of say all the time to any potential candidates that are coming in, specifically, and again, kind of going back to the transitioning military folks, how often is it that they've actually interviewed for a job? <laughs> it's not very common within their space that they've been through an interview and know what that's like and have done those kind of things, especially if they transitioned you know, high school, college directly into military. They may have not had the opportunity to do that. So for um, folks, candidates, people looking for jobs, interview all the time. Apply to the job go on the interview, whether it's virtual, whether it's not, the level of anxiety you have going into it the first two or three times is going to be really, really high. So signing up for a podcast, right? <laughs> kind of coming into this whole thing. I was like, ah, I've never done this before. This is very kind of nerve wracking. I'm excited, but I'm not really sure how this is going to play out. So now the next time I get asked to a podcast, maybe there'll be a next time. I have no idea. I won't be as nervous, right? Because I'll know what this process looks like. That's kind of how you have to treat interviews. So from a candidate perspective, go on all the interviews. If it's not the perfect job, but you're you know, being considered for it or a recruiter reached out to you or something along those lines, if it's not a complete waste of your time, go on the interview, have the conversation, learn what your shortfalls are and get comfortable being uncomfortable in that situation because 
when the dream job rolls around and you go into that interview, man, it's going to be so much easier to go into that interview knowing how many you've screwed up, how many you've done well, and having that comfort level on, I'm not so intimidated by the interview because I know what I'm doing here. So that's kind of, I think, both sides of that coin for me. So I'm guessing, given the conversation that has been had here, that there are going to be some people that are listening to this that go, wow, this company is the kind of company I want to be part of. For those people, how can they connect with you and your team at Axiologic Solutions? So the easiest way um, would obviously be to kind of go through the website. Um, you can find us there, all of our social media from you know Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, obviously from a recruiting side. That'll be the easiest way to get a hold of myself and or um, just kind of Axio on a whole. So feel free to reach out. Um, I will do my best um, to, to get a hold of you. And if not, I will definitely be able to pass your information to one of my recruiters um, so that they can reach out and we can kind of continue a conversation on that side. Courtney, I don't know about you, but I loved talking to Gio. He had so many great insights and it was just uh, just a blast. But you know, really what I appreciated, he said something about quality of an opportunity. And I love the insightfulness when it comes to thinking about, you know, candidates. Sometimes it is a phenomenal hire, but maybe we put them in the wrong opportunity. So I loved the way that he was just able to marry that thought process together, focus on the retention, the talent attraction. It was just amazing um, all the way around. I don't know, what do you think? Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. And he's just got so many great ideas. It's fantastic that he's found a home there to really make some of this happen for all of the people that are involved there. And one of the things that really stuck out to me was that he consistently talked in a way, he said the phrase once, but then he kept talking in this way about win-wins. He's always looking for solutions that bring in solutions from multiple uh, angles at the same time. And I even love that he said this phrase, trying to solution that for them. The, the fact that he is using solution as a verb says something cool about that company. It's fantastic. But you know what else is a great solution? It would be for all of our amazing, beautiful, talented, solution-focused listeners to get out there, subscribe, review, and rate on your favorite podcast platform. It has been an absolute pleasure talking with you and Geo today, Courtney, and for all of you out there in podcast land, have a wonderful day.